You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Okay, welcome back. Uh, It is the week of February 24th. Uh, Specifically, I'm recording this on the 27th, and as I record this, The Dow Jones is down about 3%. In fact, it's been a terrible week this week in markets, which is exactly why we're having this podcast here. Um, I'm joined this week by Steve Jolly, an accredited investment fiduciary here at our office and one of my favorite advisors here. And he and I are discussing market volatility as it relates to the coronavirus. Uh, Markets are officially in correction territory right now because of concerns uh, by investors relating to global growth and global growth being affected or in, and hindered really by this coronavirus and its spread around the globe. So uh, I'm going to get right into it here. Stay tuned. Uh, if you do have questions, uh, I mentioned you can email us. I would encourage you to follow us on Facebook uh, because we do regular updates there, including video updates. Uh, subscribe to this podcast because that's where we will be addressing some of these questions pretty frequently. Uh, and then you can always uh, find us on our website, FordFG.com, where we have a blog where we address this stuff regularly as well. So uh, stay tuned and let's get right into it with me and Steve Jolly. All right, Steve, thanks for jumping on with me today for this week's podcast. Um, you know, we had, I think, maybe plans for something else, but of course, markets can change that <laughs> when we're talking uh, on the podcast. And as we record this, um, markets have really broken negative for 2020, and we've really hit a volatile patch here. Um, it started last week. We're recording this. Uh, we're recording this on the afternoon of the 26th. This has been the third. Markets tried to rally today, and it's been the third down day this week. But we've only had three days this week. Yeah. Um, and it really started even last week. And a lot of what um, financial media is pointing at is the coronavirus and worries about the coronavirus and its effects on global growth. Um, have you been hearing from your clients at all about this? You know, remarkably, it's been pretty quiet. Um, I think I might tend to worry about them maybe perhaps more than they're worrying about themselves, which uh, that's kind what, of my mantra. That's you what know, you do. <laughs> I lose sleep yeah. at night, so you don't have right. to. And that's I exactly think right. I've said it enough throughout the years. But it, yeah, so it's it's been pretty quiet because, you know, we tend to have longer term plans and try not to be whipsawed by events of the market, sure. no matter how dramatic they look. Yeah, you don't want to get too emotional when you're, I mean, it's easy to get emotional when you're watching um, the headlines and even the local news. Yesterday was covering markets and the local news never covers markets when they're good. (laughs) I came home last night and uh, at dinner, my wife informed me that we are now the proud owner of a 120 day supply of face mask. Oh, did she really get face masks? Yes. So I know it's probably close to, uh, you know, I either say the end is near or or we're near the end (laughs) because once, once she has uh, jumped on to, to on board, then I know that Dr. Oz is covering it. Yeah, uh, right. Sure. And by then, it's that's probably exactly right. Done. Yeah, Susie Orman is weighed in on yeah, this, so exactly. we know. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, um, when you do talk with clients, what what are you kind of telling people now? Well, the first thing is to go back and you know even remember why are we even doing this? 
um, this being investing and putting ourselves, you know, into the situation where we do have to worry about what goes on in stock and bond markets. Right. And, you know, just to remember why we're doing this. And the reason is that it's your safe money these days, your cash is earning at best maybe a half a percent to a percent. Right. And so for our clients who have longer term goals, we know that we have to put the money at some kind of a risk to beat inflation, which runs two to 3% a year. Yep. And so just parking it in a bank or in a CD is what I like to say is the safest way to lose money because yep. it's inflation. It's your purchasing power. Yeah, it erodes your purchasing power. Your gallon of milk today will be a quart 10 years from now. Right. And so you've got to invest to at least beat inflation and taxes. Yep. And the only way to do that is to put your money at some sort of risk. Right. So that's, you know, just to remind, you know, why are we doing this? And when, you, and when you say put it at risk, you're not saying, you know, bet it all on black or whatever not the equivalent a, would be. We're talking, there's a risk spectrum, spectrum here, right? Correct. More risk, more potential for reward. So correct. it doesn't need to be out on a limb. Nope. Not unless you, it needs to be. And that is, you know, if you started too late right. and, you know, you need to take risk because you don't have time. Yeah. But ideally, most of our clients have time and we want time to do the work, not timing. Right. Yeah. When, yeah. It's interesting that you say if you need more risk, I, so I, I'm loathe to use sports analogies around here, but sometimes yeah. they're appropriate. And I, a guy I golf with who I, who's a good family friend, we go out there and man, he is swinging for the fences. And we say, you know, why don't you just lay up? And he says, I'm not good enough to play conservatively, you know? <laughs> and funny. so, so for some of these, so for some folks, whether it's, you've got a really long, you've got 30 years before you're going to tap this money, that would be a reason to be more aggressive. Or if you've got, if you've got some return targets that you need to hit in 10 years, chances are you're going to need to do that by investing in a little bit more stock than bonds, right? Yes. And, you know, stocks are more risky than bonds. And so, you know, we just need to know that if that's what your goal is right. or your risk tolerance is. But, but and you look at this on a relative scale and um, you say, yes, well, yeah, well, yes, stocks are riskier than bonds. And when we say riskier, there's more potential for declines as well. But you also need to have some perspective here uh, that there are very often, if not, I can't say always, but almost always an intra-year decline in any in any calendar year. So going all the way back in, let's say, uh, last year, S&P 500 up 29%, but we had a 7% drop in the middle of the year. Um, you know, you go back even, even some of the best years, you know, 2013, there was a 6% drop in the middle of the year. And in fact, the average intra year drop is about 14%. So we could drop 14% this year and it would only be average going back. Right. And, and, and with that being said, I think it goes back. The last chart I saw was to 1980. And so during that period, you're right. The average drawdown from high to low in any given year is 14.5%. Yeah. But two-thirds of those years have still ended up positive. Yes. So we do say stocks are more risky, even though two-thirds of the time they've delivered a positive return. Right. But they come with some volatility. Yeah. And even with these, well, we got to remember, too, for these last two days where we saw the market go down 1,000 and then another 900 the next day. And I think we're down a little bit today. Um, a, a thousand points isn't what it used to be. Right. It's it's very dramatic for the headlines because a thousand points. You're like, wow, it's a thousand. But you got to remember, we start, came into the year at twenty eight thousand five hundred on the Dow. Right. So a thousand point move on that first Monday was about three percent. Right. You know, so it's not 
like the good old days when a thousand on ten thousand was ten percent. Yep. So we had a three percent correction followed by another three percent correction. Yeah. Plus or minus what we did today, so yeah. we're 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 basically uh, it's a, it's been from top to bottom about seven percent on the year. So so far. we're roughly half, yeah, um, of what a typical drawdown might look like in any given year. Sure, yeah, and I I think another interesting thing is that uh, J.P. Morgan uh, Asset Management put out a piece that um, shows the number of daily one percent moves up and down, and on average in a calendar year, there are sixty two. moves in the market. Now that can be higher or lower. um, But that is kind of, and compared to that last year, we only had 37, right? So things were well below average last year. When you come off of a year where it was historically calm, even getting back to average is going to feel like you're getting whipped around, right? And it's not just last year. I think it seems like we've had a number of years where volatility has been below average. Sure. And we kind of you know, it's like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, sometimes you forget what it feels like to have volatility. And I'll, so you I'll know. throw another interesting stat at you because at 2018, which was actually a negative year for markets, was about average in that move, in that 1% move. In 2017, there were only eight days that had a 1% up or down move. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was good in 2017, but good gravy. Right. And the longer you go without periods of volatility, which begat fear. And there's a certain amount of fear is healthy because it keeps assets from, you know, growing to the moon and getting ahead of themselves. Yeah, right. Um, the longer we go without that volatility, I, I equate it to like, if you're out whale watching and for the last number of months, everybody's been on one side of the boat because all the whales were on the right side. It's, you know, we had the fed at our back, they're lowering rates. In fact, they've even been pumping money in through their repo program, yep. which is a topic for another day. We have um, politics have kind of, uh, it looked like um, the Republican Party might, you know, the odds were going into this looking like, you know, Trump was looking more and more favorable um, to be reelected. So we've had, you know, we had a lot of tailwinds for equity. And so when everybody feels comfortable and they're on the right side of the boat and all of a sudden a whale shows up on the left, everybody Mm -hmm. wants to run to the left side of the boat. And so that's going to make the boat rock. And so I think coming into this, it's coincidence of timing, perhaps, but the virus came out at a time on the left side of the boat when everybody stacked on the right. Yeah. What are your feelings about valuations being stretched? Do you think this is really a coronavirus thing, or do you think that valuations, you know, when the S and P five hundred is trading north of twenty times forward earnings, that what it, it was, it, if it wasn't going to be this, it was going to be that, you know, or something along those lines? I agree. Um, Yes, I think valuations were stretched and, and any time, you know, if the markets historically trade it, you know, call it 16, 17 times earnings. And if we're up at 19 or 20, we're not not great field position yeah. to use yeah. another sports analogy. We're kind of over our skis. Yep. And so we are susceptible to something, um, be it geopolitical. It, it, again, it's been abnormal because we've had geopolitical risk. You know, right. we've had a Saudi oil field blow it up. Uh, yep you know, a number of different things that yeah. have happened, Brexit, et cetera. Um, and yet the market just marched right along. Well, and, and after this um, really kind of difficult run that we've had in the last, what, four or five days, um, valuations are actually back in check. Yeah. Right. We're, we're back below 18 times. I think we're at 17 or 17 and a half now after today. So um, what's the old saying? Stocks take the stairs up and the elevator down. True. You know, that's really kind of what's going on. It's, oh, it was like ripping off a Band-Aid. 
um, after watching stocks go up a tenth of a percent every day for a really long time. But here we are. We're back in check. We've knocked the froth off of the market. Um, there aren't any signs of recession. You know, if we're talking about the basics and fundamentals here, valuations are back in check. These companies are doing okay. Sure, there's some worry about forward guidance coming from really tech companies. And we may have a quarter or two uh, that, as it goes back to the virus specifically, where, you know, are the supply chains, a lot of the stuff, especially in technology, does come from the um, Asian area, uh, Pacific Asian area. And so, you know, supply chains may have been interrupted. Um, another interesting note, not that I'm, a scholar in Chinese culture, but they, uh, four weeks ago, they take two weeks off for Chinese new year. Right. So there was already a, a shutdown of the country. And then just coincidentally, this virus right. breaks out, right. Which causes, you know, roughly another week and a half, two weeks of yep. some slowdown. And so, um, you put those two instances together and yeah, it's probably going to cause a bit of a ripple in some industries. Sure. But you know, even, even if you go back and you look at some of the other infectious diseases, whether it's SARS, Zika, not Ebola quite so much, but you would have SARS in, in particular, you saw this, you know, um, gr- economic growth slowed, but as soon as that the threat passed, there was this snapback. There was this pinup demand that came right back. And so it was, it was a matter of time of, of this thing pass and people being inoculated to it that um, it wasn't that it tossed everybody in a recession. It just postponed growth. It didn't kill it altogether, you know? So. Correct. I agree. And, you know, we do forget, you know, Zika, SARS, Mad Cow. There's, you know, bird flu. Right. There's been a lot of these There's things. always a crisis. Something's right? going The Greek on. debt crisis, yep. a tsunami and nuclear meltdown yep. in Japan. You and in know, fact, yeah. this coronavirus has been going on, I think, since the beginning of the year, but it was just a confluence of events where the media yeah. picks it up, the, you know, a cruise ship gets quarantined, you get all these things that yeah. make great headlines and, um, you know, markets these days too, uh, we could argue about how much is driven by, you know, computer algorithmic trading. Sure. So what happens when you program in a possible epidemic? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it shows up in Europe and Italy specifically and you're okay. Europe's got some open borders so it could spread theoretically it's yeah, now, so, to, as of so today. The computers get a little jittery and maybe put in some sell orders, you know, all the, and when everybody, like my boat analogy, when everybody does it on the same day, it's going to have a magnified effect. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, I, I think one last uh, thing that we can cover, unless you had some other stuff, Steve, that you wanted to ta- to tap into. Um, one other stat that's that's interesting, and I think if we're trying to get to actionable things here, uh, that someone, you know, if 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 you want to do something about this, sometimes the answer is to do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a plan in place and if you have a portfolio in place, trying to run for the hills whenever bad news pops up is a bad idea, um, and and it's worth. It, 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 you want to stay invested, right? Um, trying to time the market is near impossible. You can't catch markets at a high or a low because usually you're doing it on emotion. Um, and, and it's also interesting to note that six of the best 10 days in the last 10 years have been within two weeks of the worst 10 days. So talk about snapbacks. The best 10 days come after the worst 10 days. Um, if you're bailing out it's almost like fidgeting in quicksand. If markets get bad and you start doing something, you're just going to make it worse for yourself. Correct. Yeah. You become your own worst enemy. Right. And trying to time the market again, it's futile. Nobody can do that successfully over time. And part of the difficulty is not only do you have to know when to get out, you then would have to decide when to get back in. Yep. And then, and then, 
back out. And pretty soon it's just binary choices are just not the right way to be an investor. To be an investor. If you want to be a trader, you know, then you're trying to trade and God bless you. Yeah. Um, That's not anything that I found in my 32 years of being able to do, but to be able to help people develop a plan, um, stick to their plan when things are good and bad. Right. If things are bad and you find yourself perhaps losing some sleep at night, um, the time to make adjustments is when things correct and get better again. Sure. Um, and then say, look, I, I didn't like that, but we want to be uh, buyers when things are down. Yep. And we want to be sellers when things are up. Right. So there are certain times to, uh, to correct your portfolio if it's not something you're comfortable with, yeah, but it, trying to do it in the middle of the storm is not the time. No, no, no. That's the, that's the wrong time to, to make repairs in your investment objectives. You know, it's, yeah. I, I think it's really good. And, and it, this does serve as almost a personal stress test. If you're, if you are watching the news and you're a ball of stress, and even if you know, let's just say you have a portfolio made of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, and you're still in your gut uh, can't deal with it. That's when it's time, you know, we, we talk about it together. Maybe don't fix it today or change it today, but create a plan of action, right? Correct. And, and be deliberate about how things are getting adjusted and when they're getting adjusted. Um, so we're not just reacting to emotion. And again, we're not Pollyannas. If, if the, uh, coronavirus if this truly is something that turns into something more than what some of the other viruses throughout history have done we'll have to react of course or change but um the odds of that seem pretty slim at this time well if that does happen i'll be at your house asking for some of those masks yeah right there we go yeah right Uh, Well, good. Well, uh, Steve, I think this has been really helpful. Uh, Hopefully this is going to help some of our clients as they work through this. Uh, If you have questions, more questions than what we covered uh, today, you can email us at info at FordFG.com. You can find us on our website, www.fordfg.com. We actually have a blog on there now. um, And so we'll be posting about some relevant things from time to time. I would also encourage you to like our Facebook page. Um, We are able to post pretty quickly on, on Facebook to address some of these concerns that we get from some people from time to time. So check that out as well. So uh, Steve, thanks again. Let's do this again. Yeah, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's leave some time for some disclosures. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. 
This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.